BetOnlineAthens.com and the Athens Banner Herald. This is the Georgia Bulldogs podcast. Bulldogs Extra. Now, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. It's another edition of the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark Weiser, UGB writer for the Banner Herald. Brian Dennis, sports editor of the pre-mentioned Athens Banner Herald. Here we are. We're recording this on Wednesday instead of Thursday this week because it's Thanksgiving week. Ryan, are you ready to to watch Roquan Smith and the Bears or the Egg Bowl? What's your your TV choice tomorrow? Oh, well, is that the uh, noon game against the Lions? I think it's twelve thirty. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm all I'm I'm all in on college football, especially when a terrible Lions team is playing, which seems to be like nineteen out of twenty uh, Thanksgivings. Uh, so yeah, I am excited to see the Egg Bowl. What's the What's the uh, the uh, Thursday night football game for? Uh, you know, the pros tomorrow. It, it didn't don't seem, know the Bills and somebody. It seems like I don't know. So it's that's a tri- not it's a triple so, header. Yeah. I don't I don't know what. Oh, you know what? The Saints are in that. But anyway. I'm all in on college football. That should be a good Ole Miss Mississippi State game. I think the line's only like one or one and a half, something like that. And yeah, two, Ole Miss is the uh, underdog. Two good teams. Yeah. Uh, Kirby Smart on Tuesday night, he revealed the 411 on his Thanksgiving. I'm going to quote him directly because it's very important. You ready, Ryan? I'm ready. This is a, a question asked by uh, Dean Leggy, our friend of the podcast. Seems like a question Dean would ask. <laughs> all right, here's a quote I love fried turkey. I love my mother's dressing. My wife has duplicated it. I'm a turkey. Mm. I'm a turkey and dressing guy. I don't like dry turkey. <laughs> Who does? The good fried ones have a little juice to them. You think Kirby's got the the fryer up in the backyard and dipping his turkey in at like uh, seven in the morning to get good and golden? I mean, he didn't have someone do that for him. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> and also, I mean, do they? Have, I'm sure they have some players over, wouldn't you think, to uh, to enjoy in the you know what, festivities? The one they talked this week about, like, you know, it used to be a thing back in the day, how Rodney Gardner would host, mm-hmm. you know, basically anybody that had 40, 50 people over probably. Um, it seemed like something Sam Pittman would have done when he was here, would have a lot of... Would, uh, would serve some chitlins, I think was what, was what Rodney chit- would chitlins, do. Chitlins, chitlins. Yeah, chitlins, yeah. 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 Um, and... Um, I don't know what they're doing these days. There, there's less talk about that. I mean, Kirby did start off the week by thanking, um, you know, his staff member that uh, Jonas Jennings that, that does that great Thanksgiving turkey giveaway back at home in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which I wrote about last year, and yeah. uh, you can check that story out. I think I tweeted out this week. Um, but Ryan, do you agree with him? Are you a fried turkey guy? Are you a, are you a guy that that likes, uh, you know? You don't like it dry. You like a lot of juice. Look, on it. I'm not a big turkey guy to begin with. I'd get a little bit on on Thanksgiving. What do you guys? Cause, what do you, cause guys you have to. You, you guys serving sushi tomorrow night? And, and no, no, no. I, you know, I think my mom, you know, throws in the oven for a few hours. I I, I do know that uh, I had an uncle one time do the deep fried turkey, and it was delicious and it's juicy. But that's the thing. You, if it's a good juicy turkey, it is it is very good with a little dressing, some gravy over the top. Dry turkey doesn't do much for me. In fact, I'll go ham sometimes. Uh, you know, if I had the choice between the two on any other day, but you have to get a little turkey on Thanksgiving, obviously. And then if there's ham there, I throw that on the plate as well. I mean, there's there's uh, no limits to what you throw on the plate at Thanksgiving and how many times you go back. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the dry turkey either. I, I kind of uh, lean on, you know, with Kirby on that. Uh, I do like uh, 
like to, you know, whether you it's... you think he... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say whether it's uh, just some natural juices or, or just dipping into some kind of uh, sauce of some sort. You Gravy. Know. Yeah. Gravy. Gravy. Do, you, do you think he has that on his notes up there? Like when he comes in, like somebody will ask him about no, Thanksgiving. No. Have your turkey. No, uh, but I do think he. Prepared. I think because uh, Dean did ask him as well. Now Dean couples it with like a real football question. <laughs> like he also asked a question. I think yesterday was about. I mean, he told him right off the bat, and, and Kirby uh, Dean was the first to ask, uh, the first to get called on yesterday. So he was like, Kirby, I want to ask you about the offense, but also <laughs> about turkey. I mean, I was and then, so I don't know, remember what he coupled it with uh, before, but he did ask a question where. Part B was about Halloween candy earlier, so I'm looking forward to when Dean asks uh, around Christmas, kind of like you know what he, what he likes to eat I around see, the Christmas tree and uh, you know eggnog or whatever. Yeah, I see him being like, uh, yeah, uh, fried turkey or baked turkey, and uh, is Jamari Sawyer playing on uh, on Saturday? You know. That? Yeah. Hey, have we mentioned? Uh, by the way, uh, I'm just going to say my uh, my go-to Thanksgiving thing is. Uh, Kind of traditional and uh, you know, just just give me a good pumpkin pie. I'll be I'll be all right. And you know what? I'm not a I'm not a prude or anything to turn away the canned cranberry sauce too. I oh, I like that. that. I like that. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about that, I need to find out whether we got that because I need to yeah, stop need to, stop home. And man, you might be too late. Stop by. Well, you think they're sold out? I bet it was flying off the shelves. Really? Well, there, there are supply chain issues, so who knows if that's, that's affected the cranberry market or not? Yep. Have we mentioned that this is uh, Georgia Tech Week? I think I don't know if we did. I, I mean, it it's become a thing where, I mean, it's just another game on the old. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's blasphemy. Charleston Southern or Georgia Tech? I can't remember who Georgia's playing this week. Now, Georgia Tech is a little bit better than Georgia, than Charleston Southern. But, I mean, there's some teams that are in the central Michigan area. And uh, that's kind of where Georgia Tech is in terms of yeah. the power rankings and all that stuff. Yeah. So, hey, we're going to talk about uh, the game with uh, Kelly Quinlan of uh, Jackets Online. It's going to give us the uh, inside information about the Yellow Jackets before the noon kickoff on Saturday. And Kelly, I believe, is going to be over at... Uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium for uh, practice uh, slash media availability so we can get some updated info on what's going on with the Yellow Jackets. And, um, you know, so mm-hmm. I, want, I mean, I don't know if Kirby has time to listen to the podcast, but he's got some support staff guys that maybe they need to tune in to listen to what Kelly's got, some uh, inside info. Maybe it'll, maybe yeah. it'll turn a uh, – could be the difference between a 42-point Georgia win and a 35-point <laughs> win. And I think, I think that's even low, to be quite honest with you. And, hey, how about this? I've never seen the University of Georgia go undefeated in the regular season in my lifetime. Um, you didn't say football, so I'm thinking <laughs> what other what sports I mean. have gone undefeated? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, no, let's not even get in that gray area. Equestrian has like eight championships. <laughs> Hell, I don't know. Did they beat Texas Southern back in 1997? I don't know. Um, yeah, but you know what? If they uh, they do that and they get bounced in the semis of the playoff, will will you? I know. I thought about that. Yeah. I thought about like if uh, I don't know if somehow Ohio State drops to that four seed. You saying if they lose to Michigan to get in? I don't I, think that wouldn't happen, would it? I don't think. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know what the scenarios are to. Anyway, I bet who who gets the. Big I guess 10 what game. I'm saying is, I bet Georgia wasn't too sad that Cincinnati popped up as that four seed. Well, I mean, I, it doesn't matter that much really because. I mean, I don't know if Cincinnati wins out if they're definitely in the playoffs. Somebody could leapfrog them, you know. Oh, so like if well, I was thinking if Michigan won, I mean, would Ohio State only drop the? Four I mean, if you get Michigan, Michi- what if what if Michigan wins the Big Ten and doesn't lose again, and Oklahoma State wins the Big Twelve and doesn't lose again? Like, there's a lot of scenarios. does Oklahoma State bump That's, up? Probably, yeah. who knows? 
Oh man, that's going that's going to be a lot of uh, weight on that committee to to decide. Hey, speaking of a lot of weight in a good way, Jordan Davis scored a touchdown the other day. Is that where you're going? No, I don't know. Why are you bringing him up? <laughs> Jordan Davis did score a touchdown. Uh, it took him two tries, but um, yeah. What did you think of? Yeah, let's critique kind of him as a ball carrier. Um, we did you think? Uh, well, his his pocket was too wide. I don't know if you noticed that. He had one arm up by his face mask and the other way down low. But Stetson stuck it in there and he squeezed it tight. Did he need to be? I, I know he was kind of getting ready to jump. Uh, <laughs> couldn't he just pl- plunge forward? Well, that's kind of. I mean, what do you, what, what would you call that? A fall? Did he fall over the pile? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I thought that there was a guy coming off the edge that kind of knocked into him a couple times on, yeah. on both those plays. But but Jordan did score a touchdown, and that was probably the second most impressive thing he did that day because it was really fun to. Uh, to watch him kind of go over there and, and lead the band in uh, glory, glory. And there's just a kind of a love affair there between, I guess a preconceived uh, ceremony, right? I mean, like they had, it wasn't a spontaneous. Action. Yeah, It was not, they had a jacket for him and they, uh, he was ready to go up there. And I don't know if they, you know, the conductor's ladder, whatever you call that thing, you know, did they know, Hey, Jordan's going to be on there. Let's, let's, let's go buy a bigger one that can hold all that weight. I, I don't know. Um, but that, I mean, you know, if he goes to New York, we're going to be seeing pictures of of that touchdown and, and him leading the band and all that. So and chasing down the UAB quarterback on a on a loop. Oh yeah, 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 certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I know that uh, there's various odds out there where he's maybe more down the list, like five or six or something. But you know, when people look at this Georgia defense and they say, you know look at they're doing it's very special and and jordan's the one that more often than not gets pinpointed as uh, you know he's a representative and if it, you know georgia's defense needed to needs to be represented in new york i mean are you are you think that's the way it's going to roll do you think he's going to make it no not to new york uh <clears throat> you know and and again i'm not so sure he's the, the should be the the face of that defense i mean the kobe dean he's a was it Lamar, uh butkus award finalist dan jackson to new york <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well. Who is that guy? Um, anyway, I mean, the year that N'Kobe's had, any of those linebackers, you know, Quay, Channing, uh, hell, Robert Bill. I mean, uh, you know, all these guys are just so, work so good together. And I, I guess Jordan has become the face of that defense. But is he Heisman worthy? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. He, he, he doesn't have the stats. And I know, you know – Stats are what it's all about. And when you look at, I hate to say it, Ohio State's quarterback, and you look at what uh, Bryce Young has done at Alabama, I mean, that's what gets everybody's mouth salivating. And I think he threw for 500-something yards the other day in their uh, win over Arkansas. So, um, you know, Jordan, as the face of the defense, uh, you know, I I guess if if you want to say that, well, this is a once-every-decade type of defense, then – you know, maybe it should be represented, but I'm not sure he's the guy that should be the face uh, if, if somebody were going to go to New York. Speaking of awards, um, Brock Bowers was a semifinalist for the John Mackey Award. They came out with a list of three finalists yesterday, and uh, people were outraged. Bowers was not on that list. Um, his position coach, Todd Hartley, uh, tweeted out. Uh, didn't actually mention the award, but I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but something like, I think he said it was a damn shame or something. Um, I, I called up the stats for the guys that, that did make the list, and one of them, uh, there's a, a tight end from Colorado State, just had some crazy numbers. It was like 80 catches for 1,010 yards, but only one touchdown. Um, you know, 
the kid from Texas A&M, Jalen Wademeyer. I mean, he's he's been around the block as a college player, and certainly uh, you know probably a really good pro prospect as well. And so sometimes these awards are more about you know uh, kind of a career type thing, and you know want to recognize them. So I don't know. I mean, Bowers will have a chance um, to get it you know next year and that kind of thing. But you know. Well, I mean, he's been nothing short of impressive as a, as a true freshman coming in here. And not only is he catching touchdowns, he's running in rounds and, you know, speed sweeps and all this stuff. It's uh, very, been very impressive what he's done this year. Jordan Davis also made a couple other lists this week. Um, let's see, what were they? Nagurski maybe, or is that the week before? Was the Lombardi this week? Mm, I uh, no, Outland Trophy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, N'Kobe Dean also with the Budkus, mm-hmm. uh, one of the finalists, which I found interesting because Will, uh, Will Anderson of Alabama, which I, I thought was kind of like, you know, I thought he would even win the award over Roquan. He wasn't even a finalist. And uh, I saw Michael Casagrande of the Alabama, uh, covers Alabama. He wrote, I guess he contacted the folks at the, at the Budkus and they said something to the effect of, they're really looking for kind of an in-the-box linebacker more than a, an edge guy. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, everything I've seen is he's going to be the top linebacker in the, you know, draft and all that type of stuff. So yeah. that surprised me that he wouldn't make it. Yeah. Dan Lanning, a f- semifinalist, one of 15 for the Broyles Award. you got to think he uh, yeah, this is would, becoming routine, would be a century. I mean, he was a finalist back in 2019. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Ryan, we got a chance to see Dom Blaylock back on the uh, playing field for Georgia. I want to say, you know, heads up Georgia crowd there to to give him a good ovation when he, you know, I think he called a punt or something first, mm-hmm. and then he called his first pass back. And, uh, you know, that's always good to see when the when the fans are, are in tune with uh, stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, he kind of came in the game, obviously, when it was out of hand against Charleston Southern. Um, you know, whether he can work his way up into more of a uh, top of the rotation type guy that might take some time as he gains confidence in that knee. Um, we saw George Pickens also on Saturday, you know, for the first time kind of going through pregame warmups. He's been on the field dressed out before, <clears throat> but maybe not doing as much as he did on Saturday. Then uh, Kirby told us last night that um, he's in practice now, not really doing scout team work anymore, but working with the twos and threes in a limited capacity, wearing a non-contact jersey. So I don't know if we see him against Alabama. Hmm. Do we see him in the playoff? Do we not see him at all? I, I just don't know how that's going to pan out. But, I mean, I don't know necessarily that you're going through the motions of doing all that work in practice to not, not play. Well, you got to think about the NFL. I mean, uh, getting him ready for that, you know. And you, I guess it's a family decision when it comes down to it. Do you want him to – go out there and potentially hurt himself again. You know, I think it'd be great for Georgia, but I think I, I, I mentioned was Jalen Waddle a couple uh, last year. I'd mentioned that a couple weeks ago and how effective was he for Alabama? Yeah, I mean, year? but, but just watching Pickens in person and practice on Monday again, um, and we haven't had that many opportunities to do that. Um, I mean, he, you know, I, I remember seeing Waddle in the playoff. I mean, he looked like he was kind of 60% or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pickens doesn't look like that. I mean, he's moving pretty That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great for Jordan. Pretty impressively. Um, and I would think also, you know, I don't know if he's a first-round pick without playing this year. Um, and True. You know, maybe he can have a couple games, you know, against high-level competition and improve his stock even more. So we'll see how that plays out. 
Um, what else? Anything else from that uh, Charleston Southern game that really, I mean, it's it was a blowout, and I don't know what else more you can really talk about with that one, except for that crazy touchdown that they scored. Wow, that was uh, – I, I think I tweeted it. Even when Georgia gives up a touchdown, they have an interception on the play. Isn't that kind of ironic? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, if you want to get into, you know, JT, I mean, coming in as a, you know, late – or not late really, but uh, and when the game was clearly out of hand and uh, just, you know, still looks rusty. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be different if we saw him from the get-go and, right. you know, he had a whole week of practice with the ones and that kind of thing. But, you know, I mean... This is Stetson's team, though. Yeah, I mean, if George... I think I mentioned it before. I mean, if George is down 21-7 entering the third quarter of a playoff game or an SEC championship game, I mean, I think then they'll, they might have a decision to make if they want to do something differently. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a switch made until the performance dictates that you know we need the the other guy um hey not great news today for georgia nylon green the freshman defensive back uh was arrested uh overnight um essentially um i think it was five charges a couple of felonies uh arrested for having a weapon in the school zone uh looks like it's a bb gun according to the police incident report um so i haven't and check the email because that came out a little while ago. Um, I don't know if George has said anything, if there's been any comments from Kirby Smart as I check my email here. Nothing yet. Uh, so we'll see if he has anything to say. I'm sure he'll be asked. Maybe he'll be asked after the game. I mean, you get one shot on these post-game Zooms. I don't know if you want to use it to ask about Nyland Green. No, no offense to Nyland, but, I mean, you might have other pressing things going on. Do you need to nominate me just to come in to ask that one question? Oh, yeah, you want to do that? <laughs> I, I hey, Kirby Ryan's here. Uh, <laughs> Who are you? Um, hey, why don't we uh, bring in Kelly Quinlan uh, from uh, Jackets Online? Talk a little Georgia Tech, Georgia game, or should I say Georgia, Georgia Tech? And then we'll we'll come back. We'll talk a little basketball and uh, make our uh, picks. See how that's going on. Sounds so, good. All right, here comes Kelly. All right, let's talk more about the uh, Georgia Georgia Tech game. And for that, we bring on Kelly Quinlan, publisher, writer for Jackets Online, a part of the Rivals.com network. And uh, Kelly, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, I think you're talking to us now uh, nearby uh, Georgia Tech's practice, maybe? Are you, guys, are you doing an a interview this morning? Yeah, I'm actually in the stadium uh, just waiting for them to wrap up. We get to watch like 30, 40 minutes every day. Oh, cool. um, so we did that this morning, and then then you kind of chill for like an hour, hour and a half, and then do interviews. 30, 40 minutes a day, Mark? What's that like? I don't, that sounds like what we used to do at bull practice. <laughs> That's uh, a week at No, no, I'm saying it, what he just described sounds like what they used to do at bull practice, like when you're on site, you, you go out there, you watch them, and then you stick around and wait because you, you got nowhere else to go type <laughs> thing. So, Kelly, it's year three of uh, Jeff Collins. What is the state of the Yellow Jackets? I know we got a 3-8 and eight team coming uh, with the, with the uh, top-ranked Bulldogs coming to town. Kind of what's the temperature uh, in Yellow Jacket land? Uh, I would say it's <laughs> frustrated, um, angry. You know, the reality is they've been better this year. They they didn't play well at Notre Dame. They kind of gave up um, early in that game after Jordan Yates threw a pick six. But, you know, they, they're they one in six in games that were one-score games in the fourth quarter where they had a chance to win. 
And that's sort of the tale of this. Like, they really needed to get to six wins to show some good progress. Five wins would have probably even been acceptable to some fans. Six is just frustrating. And, and now the heat turned on, on on Jeff's feet a little bit, and he's got to start winning. And I think we're entering the phase where you may see some staff changes and that kind of stuff uh, as they try to right the ship and, and keep the fans from totally jumping off uh, the Jeff Collins bandwagon. It looked like yesterday he had apologized to the fan base. That's getting to a point where it's dangerous territory for a coach, right? Well, so <laughs> some of that is his own fault. He got asked several times kind of like what was his message to the fans as they kept losing these close games and stuff. And he would say, and after the Notre Dame game, he said, I, I don't really care. I care about my locker room. Yeah, he was a little caught up in the, the emotions of the game, I guess. And so he felt like he had to issue kind of a mea culpa to to the fans who were pretty angry after the Notre Dame game when he said he wasn't really concerned about them because um, they ultimately signed the checks at the end of the day. And and so he, he kind of jumped out and, and tried to get ahead of that as best he could. You know, Jeff has um, – Jeff the, – the issue a lot of fans have with Jeff too is he's overly positive all of the time. So it comes across as sort of used car salesman-y and um, – that, that's kind of been a little bit of a drag, especially when you're coming off Paul Johnson, a lovable curmudgeon um, who won a lot of football games. So, you know, it's. I think he's still trying to find his way as a young coach in a lot of ways still. It's, it's not gone swimmingly so far. What are the biggest reasons why this program is kind of, you know, treading water or, or, or you know, sinking, I guess, depending on, I mean, you mentioned those close uh, losses, uh, a lot of them, but if you just look from an outside perspective and just see the record, you're not necessarily seeing any kind of, um, you know, movement in the right direction. What are, the, what are the reasons why the program is where it is? Yeah, this year they've been really hammered with injuries on the offense of the defensive line. They brought in a kid that was supposed to be like sort of the the real key to their defense, a kid named Keon White, who's a transfer from Old Dominion, who's an NFL prospect. He breaks his like leg in in summer off season workouts by himself before he even got on campus. Uh, he's played I think three games now. He's not a hundred percent. He was supposed to be sort of their big key linchpin to their defense. He hasn't played. Uh, their offensive line, you know. On Saturday, they will probably line up with the fourth left guard of the season, Will Lay, who's a uh, former walk-on that was recruited by Paul Johnson that wouldn't have played for Paul Johnson. And that sort of shows like just how thin they are. They lost um, the starting left guard, Kenny Cooper, early in the season. He played, tried to play one or two more times, couldn't really do it. They've had massive injuries in the offensive line. I think they have five guys out this week, um, and then two other that are playing pretty hurt and one more who might try to go. Like, they've just been really devastated by injuries. Jeff Sims, the starting quarterback, has missed four or five games now. Um, I guess if he doesn't play Saturday, his fifth game he's missed. Uh, you know, it's just been a lot of injuries in key spots, and the defense has stunk, and that's kind of a little bit of a troubling stat because, you know, Jeff's a defensive coach. Obviously, you want, you know, the one thing that, fans expected minimum is if you're you know defensive coach defense got to be good if your offense coach offense got to be good defense has not played well all year uh since north carolina game really so i think that's where the crux of the issues are and and obviously they they walk into basically a, a giant hammer this week against georgia and fans are expected the worst 
Now, Jameer Gibbs has been, a, a, I guess, a bright spot for Georgia Tech's uh, offense as he arrived on campus, uh, I think 745 yards rushing this year. But uh, other than him, it hadn't really it hadn't really gone right on offense either, has it? No, I mean, they have some weapons. That, you know, Kyrick McGowan was a big pickup for And I just them. learned they were teammates at uh, Dalton High School together. I did not realize yep. they, were, yeah. they were both there. Yeah, yeah so Jameer apparently had a big hand in getting him to come um, play with them and and he's he's helped a lot. You know, had a couple of receivers step up, but um, you know they just haven't really clicked. All you know, their best skill players are all still running backs. You have Gibbs, you have Dante Smith, and Jordan Mason, uh, who are probably the best running back trio in the ACC. But you know, they're running behind Swiss cheese a lot of the time in the offensive line, so it's hard to do a lot. Gibbs managed to do a lot. But the funny part about Gibbs' stats. Um, you know, he's had five uh, long runs or long pass plays called back that were scores this season uh, due to flag. So, sort of an interesting – it's kind of interesting. He's like second in the country in all-purpose yards and will probably be won by a mile if, you know, all of those did not happen. So, he's just really explosive, really talented. But, yeah, they're still trying to figure out the other pieces of the offense. And, and that's been a struggle. I think Jeff Sims is really talented at quarterback, but – what they ask him to do sometimes I think is a little confusing with, with the scheme, and that's also been a frustration of fans as well. You, you mentioned the running backs. That's not a leftover effect from Paul Johnson, right? I mean, it's been too many years, uh, you know, that uh, since he's been gone to, to really still have an effect, I guess, uh, in that part of the offense, right? Uh, you, I, uh, to be honest, it really still is a Paul Johnson effect. I mean, uh, Dante Smith was recruited as a slot back for Paul. Jordan Mason was his starting running back last year at Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, was recruited by Paul. And so Gibbs is the main one they recruited. Even Jemias Griffin is the fourth running back who hasn't played much this year. He was um, a guy that probably was going to come to Georgia Tech to play for Paul, too. He had decommitted from NC State and was looking to come and play for uh, one of the assistants who, who his dad played for, Andy McCollum, at the time. So you know, it's been – that's sort of been the one gift that he got. And even the outside receivers are still – Adonica Sanders and Malachi Carter were Paul Johnson guys, P.J. Harris. The top three outside guys are all Paul Johnson guys. So, it goes to show they're sort of still not there. I mean, Jeff Collins' first class was all COVID freshmen last year, the 2020 class, his first real class. So, it's – you know, I think that that piece of it took – it's taken a little longer than expected and – that's the tough thing, too, with the signing period now being in December, basically for everybody signing. When you have a coaching change in December, it's really hard to get kids and flip your class because they're not signing in February. You don't have that time that you would normally have to, to reshuffle a class. Kelly, what do you think the state of this rivalry is uh, from the Georgia Tech perspective? I mean, the fan base, how much hate is there still in the Queen Old Fashioned hate, um, given where these programs are, you think? I mean, they're praying that Georgia doesn't win a national championship. That's the one thing the Tech fans still lord over them, uh, you know, even if it is with a little bit of an asterisk. Um, you know, like, they're pretty angry. They, I think right now it's a, a state of not wanting to get embarrassed on Saturday and not being excited about the stadium possibly to be at 70-plus percent red. Uh, those are the things that they're worried about. But I think they're frustrated because – you know, Kirby's lifted Georgia up to another level, right? And mm-hmm. Georgia Tech's regressed in that same time period. 
from where they were, you know, in 2014. Like, if you look at, or even 2016 when the two teams played and Tech won in Athens, right? Like, look at how different the tra- trajectories of two programs have been since that point in time. Like, Tech's been to two bowl games since then, and Georgia's played, you know, for, you know, Georgia's been in a position to win a national championship and is in a position to win another one. You know, I mean to win one for the first time since 80, but, but you know, play for one again. Now, I know Georgia Tech beat Georgia in basketball the other day. How was that seen by uh, fans and all? I'm sure they uh, were, were pleased in that, at least. Yeah, that, I mean, that was, you know, a, a good win for Josh Pathner. you getting Tom Crane basically on his swan song uh, in Athens, I think. And, you know, they needed that. The, the, the basketball team probably would have beat them pretty cleanly last year uh, had they played. And they had some weird luck in a couple of the games where they had guys out and or didn't play well in the previous matchups against Georgia. So um, they were pretty excited to do that. I think, you know, that got the monkey off Josh Pastner's back a little bit. He had struggled against any team from the state of Georgia for whatever reason. So I think the fans are pretty happy to get to get a little bit of a piece of the rivalry back. Obviously, I mean, they still want to beat Georgia and everything, right? Like, that's part of the rivalry. And, it's, and you know, as much as Georgia fans like to downplay it, I remember how pissed they were in 2016, 2014, 2008. Like, when you lose in football or they lose in baseball, like, it is a true rivalry. It's just Tech's not holding up their end of the bargain, as Jeff Collins said this week. They're not up to the level to compete with them yet, and that's unfortunate. they got to figure out the football part of it because that's the one that people care the most about. All right, we'll get you out on here uh, with kind of you mentioned about maybe possible staff changes. I was looking through the uh, media guide earlier in the week. I don't know. Does he still have pretty much his entire uh, staff he came in with? Uh, and, and what do you think this offseason looks like for them? Uh, yeah, so basically they had one change when he initially got hired. He hired his D-line coach from Temple. That guy left to go to Minnesota and then to Rutgers. So they made that one change and um, – Ever since then, it's been the same staff. I honestly think uh, it would be hard for me to imagine the defensive coordinator surviving Andrew Thacker. Uh, I think they've got to make a change there. I think the offensive coordinator's in real trouble. I think the safeties coach, Nate Burton, who played at Georgia Tech, is in a lot of trouble because his group is the one most experienced group on the team and has played the worst consistently all season. So I think those guys are the ones in trouble. I could see three or four changes in the offseason being a strong possibility. And I think there's also – it's going to be interesting to see what guys like Brent Key or Deshar Choice who've done a good job uh, or, or have good reputations in Key's case. Like, do those guys both – they will tell you a lot about where they think the program is at with Jeff Collins, too. If you see those guys start to leave, take other jobs, that's a big red flag. Kelly, appreciate it very much, and uh, we will see you, I guess, on uh, Saturday, bright and early, for a noon kickoff. We will. Good to talk to you guys. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We thank Kelly Quillen for uh, talking about what's going on uh, down there in the, what do they call it, the Flats? 
Yeah, on the flats, uh, and they have what Bobby Dodd Stadium at Grant Field, historic Grant Field at Bobby Dodd Stadium. All that's that too stuff. many names. Yeah, too many names. On the flats. Hey, are you going to hit the? It's um, as confusing as Auburn. You can hit the varsity after the game because there's no varsity in Athens now, right? There is not. Uh, though they're building one. Over, they're building one in, over in the Epps Bridge area. Yeah. But uh, you know, I've only been to that varsity maybe twice in my life. It's always cool. It's big, man. It's uh, it's it's nice. Uh, in fact. Uh, I always get a little orange. What's the orange? Uh, not crushed, but uh, uh, frozen orange. Those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. How about just a chili dog? And a chili dog. What do you have? Hey, uh, Ryan, we watching the Georgia basketball t- game yesterday. Five o'clock tip off uh, from uh, beautiful Newark, New Jersey. I tell you, I watched as much as I could stand, oh. and then I was like, you know what, this is ugly. And then I flipped back over, and they'd cut it down to about twelve, and then down to ten. Had a few chances to cut it down to eight. I was like, okay, this is getting more interesting. And then it was back up to fourteen before you knew it. Georgia lost two games uh, at the Legends Classic against Virginia. And then, uh, as Ryan was mentioned, the Northwestern game where they were getting blown out at halftime. Came... Again, take a, take many more positives out of that Virginia game than that Northwestern game yesterday, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So Georgia's 2-4. and four. They'll be playing Wofford on Sunday, 4 o'clock. Unfortunately, I will not be able to kind of dive into that one because uh, I think there's a SEC teleconference at 5 as uh, one Nick Saban, one Kirby Smart will be meeting the media to talk about a little game in Atlanta next week. Mm, yeah. Um, what, what, I mean, I think Georgia, I, said, I, think I, I don't know if I said this on, on the podcast or um, mentioned it to you. When I saw the, the lineup coming up with Georgia Tech and then Virginia, Northwestern, you know, for this team in particular, as they kind of try to gel with all these newcomers, I mean, I thought they needed to get one of those three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought two or three was not out of the realm of possibility when you had Georgia Tech on your home floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got none of them. <clears throat> um, you know, so, I mean, this team has won the games they were supposed to win and lost the games they were supposed to lose. And w- what's your impressions so far of this outfit? Well, I tell you what, you know, going into the season, there was no expectations. I mean, uh, I think the. The preseason rankings had them as I think we saw somewhere the worst uh, Power Five team in in America. So, you know, you you go in with your expectations on the floor already. Now, the way they looked again at Cincinnati, who had a big win the other day over uh, who did they end up be Illinois, I believe, uh, who was ranked 14th. So Georgia goes to Cincinnati, plays okay, and then they play you know pretty good basketball if you ask me against Georgia Tech. Uh, and then, you know, Virginia, it was not the Virginia that won national championship a couple years ago, but they're still Virginia and Georgia played them well. Yesterday's uh, showing against Northwestern was, was not good for Tom Crean nor the Bulldogs. So I think uh, if you if you go by your expectations being on the floor already, they've exceeded those uh, so far. And, you know, if they can just get their rotation down like they want it and, and you know, lean in on Bridges and Cook and maybe Oquendo who showed some signs of, uh, you know, uh, talent yesterday, then uh, maybe they can put together a few wins. But I think the expectations are still low. Oquendo is going to be making a lot of Sports Center highlights. Did, was that on? Did you happen to no, notice I, I this didn't, morning? I don't, I don't No, I haven't watched it. That um, had to be a top five dunk. Um, Abdul Rahim had a, had a rough uh, back-to-back game shooting-wise. Um, you know, and then also they were dealing with some flu, uh, like symptoms. Noah Bauman played the first game and didn't play the second. He had limited minutes the first game. Um, and, uh, so they'll come home for Thanksgiving now and, and get ready for Wofford. And, and that's a game that, you know, 
you kind of you kind of need if you want to. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to start sliding down. They've lost three in a row now. Uh, all right, Ryan, you ready to make some picks? Let's do it. Ryan, how'd you do last week? I how many games total we have? I I, I counted seventeen. Okay, well I did two uh, two under five hundred, so uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great week. So you're saying two under five hundred? You're seven. Uh, seven uh, no, I was no, that's eight. Not. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I I didn't do I didn't do well. I know that. I left my sheet at home. All right. Um, I'm trying to do my, my math. <laughs> well, eight and ten ain't right. Seven and nine ain't right. Where did I go wrong here? All right, I went twelve and five last week. Oh, look at you! I'm up to eighty four and eighty two, and, and uh, I know that doesn't add up to what you had. All right, let's make these picks. You ready? Let's do it. Ole Miss is at Mississippi State. Let's start right off the bat with the Egg Bowl uh, Thursday night. It's the Bulldogs by one and a half. You know, Ole Miss did not beat Vanderbilt as much as I expected, and I'm going to go back on uh, to Mike Leach. Uh, he looked a little feisty this week. I saw a little press conference clip. I'm going to take uh, Mississippi State, given there's one and a half at home. Yeah, so I think Ole Miss will end, uh, win this thing outright. So uh, give me Ole Miss. All right, Kansas State's at Texas, and the Longhorns are favored by two and a half. Ryan, what do you what do you got in that one? All right, so who's this again? Kansas State at Texas. Um, Longhorns two and a half. Man, they're struggling, aren't they? Uh, but I think I think they can win this game. So uh, give me them and the the two and a half. I guess uh, they're favored though, right? Texas. Uh yeah yes Texas is okay. fair so yeah I just take Texas to cover the two and a half all right I'm gonna take those points I'm gonna take the Wildcats and Texas will continue to lose Iowa's at Nebraska it's a Cornhuskers by one and a half um they're not winning close games so I'm gonna take the Hawkeyes and I'm gonna I'm gonna um yeah, and they're getting the points take take those one and a half yep yeah yeah I'm with you on that Cincinnati is at East Carolina the Cincinnati now up to number four in the in the uh, college football playoff rankings. It's the Bearcats by 14 and a half, Ryan. Uh, at East Carolina, I mean, that's a tough place to play. I, I uh, don't think Cincinnati gets any boost out of their, their new found uh, playoff ranking. So uh, give me ECU to cover that, and I say it's a pretty close game. I mean, is ECU really a tough place to play? I don't know that. This is a small line from what I expected. I'm taking the Bearcats to cover that 14 and a half. Missouri is at Arkansas. It's the Razorbacks by 14 and a half also. Uh, that's a big number f- with me because, look, I don't know if you know this, but Missouri now has a force with them. Um, as Eli Drinkwitz uh, trolled mm-hmm. Dan Mullen the day before Mullen was fired. <laughs> we didn't even mention that. I guess we kind of let that slip. Let's talk about Mullen in a second. But um, I'm, taking a, I'm taking Arkansas wins this by 10, so I'm taking the Tigers. Getting uh, the points. Give me Arkansas. They'll cover that. Um, Ryan, I meant to mention that. Um, Dan Mullen out. Is Kirby Smart responsible for that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can say so. The way that they're recruiting. And then given the comments that Mullen made, you know, we'll worry about recruiting in the offseason. And then it seemed like Kirby followed that up with, man, you're always thinking about recruiting us. A nonstop job. That was a bad look for Dan. And, yeah, I think that was, I mean, uh, that was the not the beginning of the spiral. He was already down that spiral a little bit, but that just accelerated it. I mean, if you think about Florida's coaches uh, with Jim McElwain, with the whale uh, photo that was out there. Shark. Shark, whatever it was. Um, that apparently wasn't actually him, right? I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's just – no, but he he's – okay, maybe that wasn't the incident as much as well, – he said that he was getting some death threats yeah. uh, at home and, uh, you know, and then – 
I, I guess there was no uh, that that wasn't proven. Um, you know, so he had success, and they got rid of him. And then Dan Mullen, um, he just had some bizarre incidents last year with um, you know saying they should pack the swamp um, during the height of COVID, and then also um, obviously the shoe game, and then you know what what you mentioned about the recruiting thing. Um, you know, I think there was a game where, where this year, I can't remember which one where they lost and he was kind of trumpeting the fact that, look, we had more total yards than they did, you know, stuff like that. So, um, well, the whole quarterback issue at the first year, was it going to be Emory Jones or, or Richardson? And, uh, he, you know, acted like it was no big deal. You know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He just, he comes off as a weird dude and that didn't help. All right. Let's get back to the picks. You don't like my weird dude? Well, I mean, I don't know about the quarterback. I mean, he, is he a weird dude? I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz uh, certainly thinks so, and took another shot there at him this week as there well. So, um, all right, Washington State is it at Washington? It's the Apple Cup. Mm-hmm. You big apple? You like apples? Uh, only uh, Macintosh. Oh, only Macintosh. No, apples? I'm actually a Granny Smith type of guy. Uh-huh. I like the crunch. How about, how about apple pie? Uh, yeah, love some apple pie. All right, these are two interim coaches, I believe. I'm gonna take Wazoo, uh, and they are. Uh, giving one and a half. Where's it at? It's at Washington. Uh, give me Washington. Okay. I think I might need to double check that line about who was actually favored. I'll look that up as you, uh, as you check out, uh, you make your pick on Florida State at Florida. Speaking of those Gators, mm. uh, it's the Gators by two and a half. At Florida, man, I just feel like they're spiraling out of control. And FSU, I mean, I'm no expert on FSU, but they seem to be getting a little better as the year goes on. You know, at least from the losing the Jacksonville State games. So uh, I think FSU, because I just think that Florida is just a complete mess right now. Who's even coaching them right now? They didn't bump up. Uh, they, have, they have an interim coach. Yeah, but they didn't bump up uh, no, Christian it, Robinson. It Robinson. To the, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Florida State, which I was surprised by that line. I think it started at like seven, but it went down. So uh, who, uh, and, and the Wazoo line was correct. It's Wazoo by one and a half. Okay. okay. But, uh, all right, Wake Forest is at Boston College. It's the Demon Deacons by four and a half. I'm going to take the Eagles at home uh, getting that four and a half. Um, no, I think Wake bounces back after a, uh, a bad loss at Clemson. Ohio State at Michigan. It's the Buckeyes by seven and a half. <clears throat> Um, and uh, Ohio State moved up to number two in the playoff rankings um, as they just come off a drilling of Michigan State and Mel Tucker. I'm taking Ohio. Uh, I'm a little surprised that number is is uh, only seven and a half. I'll take Ohio State. Well, I thought it was odd that you did the whole O-H-I-O uh, symbols as you, as you made that pick. I didn't, but, but I can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Ohio State just looked so good last week. And if you think that they, if they can beat Michigan State by 49 or whatever that final was, and then uh, Michigan lost to Michigan State, I feel like Ohio State uh, will win this one pretty easily, to be honest. The Iron Bowl, Alabama at Auburn, it's the Tide by 19 and a half. Mm. Um, you know what? Funky things happen in this game, and Auburn is smarting after losing. Did they lose last week? South uh, Carolina? Yeah, that's South Carolina. I'm going to take Auburn at home to cover that number. They're that, also without their quarterback, right? I mean, they have the, the backup. Yeah, they got the backup. Well. They have the backup. Yeah. I mean, bad things happened to Alabama at Auburn. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. the kick six and stuff. So Yeah, I remember that. I think, you know, maybe Bama wins by 17. I'm taking the Tide getting 19. I mean, I'm taking the Tigers getting 19 and a half. Then I'll go the other way. Give me Alabama. 
All right, Penn State is at Michigan State. James Franklin reportedly is, uh, I don't know if it's reportedly, I think they they announced it. He's getting a 10-year extension or 10-year contract. Um, Nittany Lions by one and a half. I'm going to take the points at home for the Mel Tuckers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they they need to bounce back and uh, and and they'll 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 win this one. Yeah, Vanderbilt at Tennessee. It's the Vols by thirty one and a half. Ryan, what are you doing? Give me Vandy. Nope. Tennessee again at home. They will put the hurting on the Commodores. <clears throat> no, no, no. They're Vandy. Uh, they're playing better. Texas A and M is at LSU. It's the Tigers getting six and a half. Oh man, uh, you know. You know isn't this la- is this the last game for Coach O? Are they not bowl yeah. eligible? What's the record? Uh, they are one of three teams, as I saw Brett right. Murphy's tweet the other day that said all 14 SEC teams <laughs> are eligible except for three. Um, so uh, LSU is not one of them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go – I think A&M. I think A&M. I'm also. taking the Tigers. Okay. Okay. Six and a half on that line, you say? Yeah. Okay. Oklahoma's at Oklahoma State. Bedlam. Bedlam. Cowboys by four and a half. I'm taking the mullets. Give me the Gundies. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're playing. Uh, I think they're playing really well, and and I have not been impressed with Oklahoma at all this year. So, all right, three more games: Clemson at South Carolina. It is the Palmetto State grudge match. I don't know what they call that. Uh, Gamecocks are getting eleven and a half at home in beautiful Williams Bryce Stadium. Is it, is it is it beautiful? You think? Uh, no, that's a pretty rough place. Um, can I pick this one? Give me USC. The uh, little USC. I think they. Uh, I think they. Yeah, I'm impressed with that, what what Shane Beamer's done this year. I think uh, they can keep this pretty close. All right. After they beat Florida, they had a letdown the next week against. I think it was Missouri. I'm expecting another letdown after another big win. Give me not, Clemson. Not against Clemson. I Give, mean, this is like Georgia. Georgia Tech. Don't matter. Give me Clemson. Getting eleven and a half. Okay. Or giving eleven yeah, and a half. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky's at Louisville. It's the Cardinals by two and a half. I'm taking Louisville at home. At they still call that Papa John Stadium? Oh, I don't know. I'm taking Louisville at home. I think Kentucky's uh, Louisville's been playing better lately. No, give me Kentucky though. They did put it to Duke the other day. Louisville did, yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna finish up with uh, clean old fashioned hate. Ryan, Georgia is favored by 35 and a half mm-hmm. at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Mm-hmm. You want you want to pick? Seems low to me. I think. Uh, you know, judging by how Georgia Tech's played, how they're kind of in a little bit of a spiral themselves, as we talked with Kelly earlier, uh, Jeff Collins is sort of apologizing to the fan base for how things hadn't gone as planned, but he promises to get them back on track. They went into Notre Dame, lost by 55. Notre Dame's not as good as Georgia. Georgia has owned Bobby Dodd Stadium at, Duke, at Grant Field and all that stuff, so I just think Georgia goes in there and puts a wallet to them. I, I don't think it's – I think 35 is way too low on the line. I think it was last year I did a story about George, or maybe – I don't know when it was last year or the year before. No, I guess the year before. About the dominance they have had in uh, at Bobby Dodd Stadium. And I talked to Mark Rick about it, and I said, you know, people – some people are saying they should call that thing Mark Rick Field. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I've heard a little bit about that. <laughs> I endorse it. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Um, you know what? I watched the the Notre Dame game and uh, that was ugly. Um, I mean, Georgia Tech couldn't stop them at all. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame has a really good tight end, just like Georgia does, which means that uh, it could be a big game for Brock Bowers. You know who needs a breakout? Darnell Washington. Yeah, yeah, he's been kind of. He's on the field a lot. He's doing a hell of a job blocking. You're right. You're right. 
I'm taking Georgia. I feel like it's about a 42 to six final score, which will be 36. give me the 35. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was say that's 36 and covering. That's right. That's going to cover it. And didn't they have a score like that already this year? When they, what was the score? The what was the Missouri score for Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that because uh, didn't they keep calling timeouts to try to score there to cover the 37 spread? Or I don't know. Uh, so Georgia will go 12 and 0, uh, and they'll head into uh, the SEC championship game off a win off of uh, the Yellow Jackets, and I think. You'll see, as we mentioned, uh, some staff changes at Georgia Tech. Might see some staff changes at Georgia, too, with guys like Dan Lanning and uh, mm-hmm. others not, with the opportunity. Not for bad reasons like Georgia Tech. Right. Uh, chance to go somewhere else. But you know what? I mean, he's going to be in a position where, unless there's a Florida-type job, you know, where he has a chance to you know, move into something pretty good right off the bat, I think he can pick and choose. I tell you, know. I mean, you know, Kirby's just got this thing built up where, like, we I think we've talked about in the past, you can, uh, you know, just go to your go to your linebackers coach, bump him up to to DC, and you'll probably be just as uh, just as good off. You still got much champ on staff. I mean, uh, you know, this is the thing where you 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 build them up, you send them off to another program, and you just keep rocking and rolling as we've seen out of Alabama all these years. All right, uh, give us a five star review. Uh, at uh, Apple Podcasts, what other podcasts? Uh... Yeah, I think you can find us on Spotify. Uh, and you know, I've done some some search for like Google, and I, I can't find us on there. And uh, so, Spotify, Apple Podcast, subscribe. It'll come right in. It'll fly in there. You'll see us pop up on your notifications. Don't we need to contact Google or something to? I might to I get know. on that. Yeah, maybe. let me put that on my list. All right, everyone, have a great Thanksgiving and enjoy the uh, game Saturday, and we'll be back next week for uh, SEC Championship Week. We'll uh, talk to you all then.